What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Joel, 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 how are we doing this morning? Good, good. I love that uh, Aretha Franklin right at the end of that introduction. But uh, we're doing well this morning. Up 30 and a half handles, 47.31. That pre-market high is our all-time high, 47.43 and a quarter. Found support just under the close at 46.97. That all-time closing high from yes. Oh, well, the all-time closing high was 03.50. We closed it double 050. Uh, crude is catching a bid too in the 71 handle, up 40 cents at 71.06. Uh, gold finally perking up here. Uh, reversal day yesterday, up $20.30 at 17.84.70. Uh, silver's in the red, or excuse me, in the green by 69 cents at 22.23. Bitcoin consolidating here under 50K, down 650 at 48,700. And Ethereum, that's going down as well, but only $23 at $40,38.50. Uh, let's bring on Triple D. And Triple D, since um, you just spent the last 15 minutes um, telling us that you don't know anything about the market, um, can I ask you a non-market-related question? Yeah. So let's say I was in the office, and I got mad at Spencer, and I kicked him. Do you think I would get fired? <laughs> <laughs> what if I kick somebody else? So it's yes. only me. Don't worry. <laughs> Spencer me. is okay to kick. I don't know about anybody else. What yeah. about Jason? What if I kick Jason? Yeah. Yeah, oh, you yeah. get fired. For that. Do you know what I'm referring to? No. Urban Meyer. Urban got Meyer. fired. For kicking you know who someone? Urban Meyer? Yeah, his field goal kicker missed a kick and he came off the field and Urban kicked him. And he said, Don't do that. And he said, I could do that. I'm your coach. And he's gone. Gone. You can't do that. Yeah. yeah. You can't hit people. Yeah. Well, that doesn't doesn't work in 2021. It worked back in 1980. It worked back in 1950. It was expected in the 1930s. 
not well, anymore. Apparently, it still works if it's me. Apparently, <laughs> no, yes, it's fine if it's Spencer. It's fine if it's me. All right, so let's talk about um, what the Fed said. Actually, less important than that is what the market is doing in reaction to the Fed, right? Because that's that's what we're more interested in. Uh, so you, you guys know the news by now, right? They're doubling the rate of of their taper. Uh, expect well, expecting in in, in quotes there. Uh, three rain hikes next year. That's what the dot plot says. Who knows if that actually happens? Um, but very obvious uh, reiteration of what has already been said yesterday. They 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 stuck to the script. They they reinforced the timeline that they'd already given. Uh, they talked a lot about inflation, the need to fight that. Um, less emphasis on. Uh, the Fed's other mandate, which is full employment. Yeah. Inflation seems to be the priority right now. And uh, what does all of that mean? Uh, well, it means we're probably going to get some rate hikes next year. And the market likes that, apparently, because everything went straight up right when that happened. So um, oh. <laughs> to, to figure out, and I'm going to say it again, if somebody says this is what is going to happen tomorrow, stop listening because nobody knows what is going to happen tomorrow. This market is one of the hardest markets to predict day-to-day. The day-to-day action in this market has been tricky for a long time. So they're like, well, how do you make money? Short-term day trading is the only thing I'm making money with right now. Swing trading, I'm not doing any swing trades because it's too hard to call. You get into these markets where they're trendy, and it's like, okay, well, they're buying the dip. You know, buy the dip, it's predictable, it's going to go up. Or, you know, it's trendy down, okay, we're selling the rip. This market here has just been all over the place. And that one, I, I think a lot of people, you know, some people might have expected, okay, well, it's going to be like a buy, sell on rumor, buy on news event. Sure. But did you think they're going to buy the spy, all the losses that it got back the previous day, a buy it rate to new all-time highs today? 150-point rally off of, tight, off of tapering and rate hikes. I mean, that's impressive. So I have no idea. I don't know what the market's going to go do tomorrow. I don't know what the market's going to do next week. All I know is I'm going to be fading and trading. I'm going to be buying dips and selling rips and selling short rips and buying dips. And that's all that's been working. Contrarian trade has been working very well. I'll continue to do it. Your time frame, though, for those trades are day trades because right now you're holding stuff overnight. I mean, are you going week to week or month to month? It's a tricky market. I did. I did buy one thing in my long-term portfolio before the Fed yesterday because I said it on the show. Um, I was like, you know what? If you're sticking XBI, I said this on the show yesterday morning, in your long-term portfolio at 108 bucks, you're probably going to be happy two to three years from now. And I was looking. I was like, well, I got some cash there. So I went into my long-term RRSP in Canada, threw it in there, XBI at 108, and I'm up six points in one day. So I'm not happy two to three years from now. I'm happy two, three hours later. But I don't know where it's going long term. Do I rethink? Do I think we're going to retest some of the lows? Maybe. I, I, it's really a tricky market to call. You, Dennis, you. I mean, you're you're much more nimble. You know, like for your, you know, for your longer term holdings, and you know, you 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 just more nimble. You're in and out. You you definitely look at it more. But I shouldn't though. I screw it's up. It's hard. By trading I mean, yeah. It. I shouldn't. I should yeah. stop trading it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you can't mean, help yourself. And when I when I buy ETFs, I don't trade those as much, though. Like, I'm almost wondering, because, you know, I trade day trade so much, and I swing trade so much, I'm almost wondering if I should just be, like, indexed long-term and not looking at it. Because, like, my long my best holdings, my biggest holdings are SPY and QQQ. 
And those are ones I just never look at and never sell. I mean, and, you know, you look at them long term and I think I'm up like 600 or 700 percent in the queues that I bought like 10, 10, 15 years ago. And, you know, you just think, wow, I should have had all my money in that because you're sitting here, you're trying to, you're shaking out of this, you're selling this too early or you're not buying this. I mean, swing trading's great. You know, you, you want to go week to week or month to month on some stuff. But I just wonder for myself, just myself, if the long-term investing shouldn't just all be indexed and then I wouldn't be trading it. <clears throat> yeah, a couple, yeah, yep, a couple indexing, a couple good stocks here and there. and But, but good stocks are for swing trading, right? Yeah. You could do that yep. in the swing trading yep. portfolio. I, but, I don't know. It's a, it's it's very tricky to call this market day to day, though. Like like obviously, Gil had some bearish rants yesterday. I I I I have Gil as one of like. There's not a lot of people that I just stop and listen to everything he's saying, but Gil really knows his stuff. Really knows his technicals. And yesterday he kind of was bearish, and I mean the market went straight up. So I mean even the best of the best sometimes get caught. I don't know. Maybe he turned around and got long because he's, he's pretty quick. But I mean, it's uh, it's an impressive market to be able to do that, you know, in the face of all of that to oh, go and rip to new all time highs here right now. The Tina trade is still full. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And then, you know, and also, you know, there's this, you know, strong dollar, you know, buy, you know, buying dollars to buy U.S. equities. I think, uh, you know, Todd Gordon uh, pointed that yesterday. Um, if you're combing the ditches. Uh, which I may be, and, you know, I know you're supposed to buy, you know, strong stocks on pullbacks and stuff, but um, you know how I like to, you know, follow Gene Monster and he's got me in some good stocks and, and he's admitted he's been wrong on this uh, for a while, but he still thinks this uh, real estate tech has a chance. He just thinks, I mean, if you think about it too, if you think about the real estate market, and the money that these real estate brokers can make on these transactions, right? Six, I mean, up to 6%, you know, not, and then of course it's come down. If you look at and you compare it to what has happened in the stock market, as far as commissions go, these people are absolutely, you know, it's robbing, never come down enough. Ro- robbing the bank. It hasn't been disrupted at all. No. And I, mean, I think you, there's. I sold my house a year and a half ago, five percent commission. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you have those purple bricks in Canada. You have these zero commission sales, but then people look at those and they're like, "Why you throw your house up and they're charging anything for?" It. People don't trust it, so they want a broker behind the name because they don't trust it. But you're right, Joe. It hasn't been disrupted at all. No, no. So I'm looking at Open Door. I'm looking at Zillow Group. I'm looking at Redfin. Uh, I uh, spoke to a gentleman the other day that uh, sold his house. I think it was either in Texas and he moved to Washington. He put it on one of those platforms. In five days, he had 54 showings and he got way over his asking price. So I don't know. I mean, Zillow obviously, you know, made some uh, bad ventures. So if if I'm looking at anything, if I'm going to be adding anything, it, it, that's that's going to be the sector. And, and who knows? I mean, they, they've been beat up and really been beat up, but I, I still think the housing market is strong. I think, you know, the, the pandemic is is put into, uh, you know, uh, value into owning a home. I think people, you know, us uh, baby boomers, and then what's the next one? Gen Xers, we're getting older. The Y and the Z years. Spencer, you're going to want a house eventually, right? I mean, you know, you don't want to pay rent forever. You want to build some equity. So still bullish the housing market, still bullish 
uh, these. That's it. I'm keeping the housing market going. Personally. You are single-handedly. Single-handedly, this house is just out of hand. So I don't know. I, I got like seventy thousand dollars in rocks now the other day. So <laughs> this house okay. is out they're of very hand. pretty, though. They're Dennis. very pretty. They're very pretty you know, Dennis. You know, Dennis. In, in twenty years, I can't wait to see this house. I, I want to see. I, I know I'm never going to get done. I want to project see this house. No, it's looking good. The projected moving date is July 1st. So we've been at it for a long time here. The projected moving date is July 1st. We broke after, I'll tell you that much. These building costs, but. All right, I, I have to go off script for a second because I, I thought, for, I don't know why I thought this, but I thought Adobe reported this afternoon, but I was wrong. No, it's this morning. It's this morning. Ooh, and it's right now. It's getting adobe Yeah, it's getting adobe yeah, it is. So, so their earnings were, were fine, right? But the guidance was not. So their, their yeah. Q1, their EPS guidance for the current quarter Came, oh. three cents below the estimate. Uh, they said three dollars thirty-five cents. Estimate was at three thirty-eight. Their sales guidance for the current quarter uh, also came in below estimates. Light four point two versus four point three billion. Their guidance mm-hmm. for the entire next fiscal year uh, on the on the EPS and on the sales front also came in below estimates. There, oh, so earnings backward-looking numbers were okay. Forward-looking numbers not so great. And Adobe is now down um, what sixty bucks. I mean, you're $14 looking ahead now on a $580 stock at the new price. I mean, now you all of a sudden have growth slowing, and you're looking at that on a PE basis. Just quickly calculate it on the fly on the new numbers. So you go 585 divided by 14. I mean, you're sitting here with a 42 PE on something that's just all of a sudden, you know, kind of cut guidance. (laughs) So not surprising it's getting hammered. I would have said if this was in line, I'd be uh, uh, inclined to buy this dip. I don't like it when they're when they're cutting though. So I don't know. Uh, the, the, they're all of a sudden going to be money managers. One thing to consider is that after yesterday's rally, they'll be looking for dips to buy in anything. So you know, could they come in and buy the dip on Adobe? They might. That's a that's a really tough quarter though. So thirteen seventy versus four. The, the guidance, sorry, yeah, the guidance, guidance is really tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the guidance, is what matters? Guidance, like if you write your algorithm. Guidance has got the greater yes. than sign over over current earnings every single debt. So um, uh, if, if it was all online and they hadn't lowered the guidance and we're down 45 bucks, I would say buy the dip. I don't know. I, I'm going to sit this one out. But they will be looking for dips to buy. Don't kid yourself. After yesterday, money managers be like, oh, shit. We uh, sold. We were nervous. Now we're at all-time highs. I better get some stocks back on the books. So that's the only thing that will ha- will will be working in Adobe's favor is that money managers will be looking for tech to buy, and here's a 45 point dip. So it is possible to come in tough quarter. Uh, you just spike down to 578, and you're back up at 585. So I'm looking below this five uh this 578 if that doesn't hold up, and you do have some other daily lows. Let's call it s- split it. You know, five seventy-two. I mean, if you're going to try and buy this one today to cover a short or pick a bottom, I mean, you're going to have to go out a couple different times because under the pre-market low, you got five seventy. Five sixty really sticks out Mm -hmm. to me. There's a pair of lows there if you want more on the. You know, if you're looking for more, and then a monthly low at five fifty-two. If this thing goes into rally mode, I. I have no idea where that's going to go, but uh, just don't feel it doesn't mean anything. I just don't feel like the low of the day is in here yet. And uh, maybe if you're patient, you can get this in the lower 570 handle. 
out of curiosity, let's check out to see if Adobe has any close peers. Uh, not really. It's sort of in a, uh, it's a SaaS play, but all the SaaS names are already out. So, uh, that's yeah, uh, reporting at the end of earnings season. Yeah, no, not really. It's kind of its own thing there. Going the other way is Accenture. You know, whenever they buy, sell something off 10%, they have to buy but, something else up 10%, just the way this market works. So Accenture is going straight up. And it's because they had also had earnings. Uh, was it last night or this morning? I don't even remember now. It was, morning. It, it was this morning. morning. And they beat, and they, they, they didn't just beat on the earnings, and they actually went the other way. They raised their guidance, their EPS guidance for next year. Uh, they raised it uh, by, by like half a buck from like the, the low – the, from the high nine dollar range to like the mid ten dollar range, uh, that was for the fiscal year EPS. Their Q two guidance was also raised, uh, the sales guidance by a couple billion dollars. So uh, very nice. Uh, no, wow. yeah. So very very nice. Uh, very nice beat and a raise for Accenture ACN this morning. Yeah, I and saw all time highs, Joel. I mean, I, I don't short stocks making new all time highs. I'll tell you that. That's the one thing I don't do. I like selling rips, but not on Trail, rips. Oh yeah. It's way Stocks over. making all time highs. Now at that support, you know, three eighty, the three day high is now support. Well, you guys are giving me some tough charts here. <laughs> just wait Everything for your pre market high. Uh, it's not tough. I mean, just wait for see what happens at nine twenty nine, twenty nine seconds. Use that as a bogey. See if it takes that out. And just keep going with it. Keep. I mean, on a day trade, you know, keep moving your stop up. Another potential, you know, trade on this is, you know, let's say you open 414, you rock it up to like 422, and then you come back down through that open. At least you got a reference point of where the high is. But uh, if you got a target at 414 and it's been on your, it's been on your point and figure chart, and that's your target, then then take it. But man, this, uh, this thing's ripping right now. As we talk, the pre-market high stands at four. What is that? Four fifteen, four seventeen forty. That's your target on the upside. Uh, Patrick Starr says Task T A S K is 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 the same business as Accenture. Well, it's been up this morning. T A S K. Task. It's not one I'm familiar with. I know it's a, I know it's fintech. It's all I know. I don't follow the company at all, so I can't comment. Oh, no, it's not yeah. fintech. It's like IT. Yeah, that's what Accenture does, right? Uh, growth, sure. tech, growth tech is bid up everywhere. So this has been a fabulous morning for Kathy, a fabulous two days. Whether that continues or not is still to be determined. But I can tell you, um, growth tech has been leading the charge since last night. It was it was very obvious. We were rotating after hours heavily into growth tech. They could not stop buying growth tech. Yeah. So anything with a high PE, they were buying last night. And they, they weren't they were kind of buying a little bit of everything, but you can see some stuff and you can see clear rotation. I know I talk about my Q's trade, the non-tech components of Q's, a lot of them are trading down here this morning. They have because, to right. Yeah, they're trying to add it up because there's so much growthy tech that's up so much. And the Q's, if we look this morning, are sitting up only up 0.5%. So they're selling WBA. If you're running right, wise Walgreens down 84 cents. It's in the Q's, it's non-tech. And they're selling those stocks. Same thing with Gilead. Same thing with, um, you know, there's just a pile of them. And they're even going to the tune of the value tech. Like Microsoft is not up much here this morning. Um, Apple's not up much here this morning. So the growth tech's up so much that in order to make up the difference on the index, they're actually hitting some of the value tech and they're hitting all of the non-tech components. So, you know, if you're, if you're in non-tech, 
of the QQ components, there's like 20, there's like 25 of them that are in there. Those stocks are all trading down. Like Kraft Heinz is in there. It's let, red. Let, let, let's let's, let's run through that right now. So yeah, you mentioned uh, Kraft Heinz, but Pep, Pepsi is also in there. Yes. Uh, you've got it, Mon- it's up a bit, but it's not really bit up. You've got Monster Beverages in there. Come on, website. Why don't, why don't you load for me? Yeah. With the holdings. I would expect Monster hasn't really traded much, but it, when it was traded, some odd lots going off flat. So a stock like that could go down today if that holds up. All right. Comcast is in it. Uh, it's, a, it's a higher weighting, too. You've got what else here? Well, uh, what other non tech is in the queues? Um, I had a whole list. But Fox, Fox is in the queue. Oh, no, it's coming out, though. So that Fox may not come be, out. They're getting it out of the queue. That may not made sense. Sample right now. Uh, what else? Dollar. How about the uh, – just speaking of it, uh, quad witch tomorrow, too. Great point. Boy, oh, boy. I mean, Love the volatility. Love yep. the volatility. Um, love the high movement. you got to be on the right side of it. I mean, we're going to have some sectors that are going to get hit today. Don't kid yourself. It's not going to be buy everything. Home builders. Are going to have a rough day. Maybe we just why we covered the earnings. Maybe we should cover the Lennar because yes. Ali and is trading down seven bucks here this morning, and they disappointed. Uh, yeah, sort of in the same vein as what Lowe's said yesterday. I kind of look at these things as being related because you know Lowe's is home improvement and Lennar is home builders. Uh, Lennar's EPS came in. Uh, below estimates, they said three dollars and ninety one ninety one cents is what they earned last quarter versus a four dollar and fifteen cent estimate. Uh, sales of eight point four versus eight point two, so they came in a smidge higher uh, on the sales, but uh, lighter on the bottom line earnings. They guided to see total new orders for the current quarter, uh, approximately around fifteen thousand uh, new orders for this quarter, uh, is what they said. And the stock, as you said, is down this morning. It's down six bucks. I mean, the guidance wasn't great. Again, people are starting to look at the home builders. You know, is it as good as it gets for them? We've said, talked about that trade before. I kind of think it is because I do believe that there is going to be, if, if prices stay inflated like they are, and like I said, I'm going through a house build and everything is like way over budget, people are going to be looking at these new quotes and saying, well, I don't want to buy build a house at, you know, and, and, and you know, obviously it's moved up substantially, but you know, it, it's 30 to 40% higher than it was two years ago to build a house. So at least in, in, Can- in Ontario, that's what it's running. So again, you know, the housing market is up that much as well. So it's kind of in sync, but it's, it's, it's expensive to build a house right now. So I think a lot of people who are into it, like me, aren't going to turn back. But if you were thinking about, you know, building a house and all of a sudden, you know, you're going to build a house for 500,000 and now it's going to be 700,000, you might say, no, nah, I'm going to hold off. That's my concern with the home builders. Uh, you guys finally gave me an easy chart here. Uh, you know, you have your pre-market low at 104. Just a couple lows at this 103.60, 104 area here. I drew the line. So if the bulls want to make a stand here, then they just are going to protect that uh, that pre-market low. And then get it back. The uh, the bottom of yesterday's range here is at uh, 109.95. I mean, you know, what stocks are doing in the pre-market may not have anything what they do in the regular session. Uh, for example, Lowe's yesterday True. absolutely beat up. And look what that thing ended up doing, coming back and making a new a new all time high. But you know, Dennis, you're talking about you know expenses and in houses. But what about all these crypto millionaires? And what about all these people that are making money in the market? 
and they're 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 first time buyers, and they're like, so don't, they don't... you think that already is kind of like a lot of that has come in though? I mean, again, we look at this, and and, and Joel, I, I, I'm sorry, but you still have the spy blinders on, and and you do because you've traded, you were an SP futures trader. It's how you look at the market, but when you look at so many other stocks, this was not a great year for retail. This was not a, a 2021 was not a like, wow, I made so much money in the market for retail. Because a lot of the retail stocks, a lot of those storied stocks really got hit. Um, it, it, it was Apple that held up. It was Amazon that held up. But when you look at the IWM, but, or when you look at you know stocks even like AMC and GME, I mean, you can look at all of those like social media stocks, like Wish was another one. You know, like people were piling to that. It was running through my timeline. We're all going to retire on Wish. Wish is going to $69 a share. It's three bucks. I mean, there is a lot of retail-driven social media stocks that absolutely got crushed this year. And that's why I tend to think that, you know, it's not re- – retail didn't have a great year. So I don't think there's everybody got rich in the stock market this year. And they're all, you know, everybody's got – that money's going to find its way into into you know the, the economy i think 2021 was actually a tough year for retail traders yeah are you on twitter am i on twitter yeah because everyone crushed it on twitter oh yeah obviously I mean, I we mean, know that you know, when we, you know. we look behind the scenes i look at the stocks they talk about <laughs> and then i look at what those stocks did and i'm like man i don't want to be in any of these social media <laughs> stocks because they a lot of those reconnected with fundamentals in an ugly 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 way so not saying, you know, that, you know, all these stocks can't, you know, come back or some of these can't come back. But 2020 was the year that everything went up. It didn't matter what you owned. If you bought in March or April of 2020, you thought you were a genius. Everything went up. Everything. We don't need any help. I don't need a stockbroker. I don't need to listen to anybody else. I am good at this. I doubled my money last year. You know, and I was looking at my passive investment portfolio, which holds like 100 stocks. And at that time, I looked and it was like 97 of my 100 stocks I was up. And I've never seen that. In the 21 years I've been investing, I've never seen I was up in 97% of my long-term holdings. I've never seen that before. That was when I looked at it in February. Doesn't look like that now. There's lots of red ones that came in there. So, I mean, it's uh, it, it was a very straight-up bullish market in 2020. 2021 has not been that. I mean, is the IWM. I think we had a pretty decent January, but, you know, we're flirting with really this, you know, being flat on the year on the IWM. So if we look at start of the year and again, because 2020, it's going to be up because January was so good. But really, since February, this 11 months, this market's gone nowhere, at least from the IWM and even in the spy. I mean, yeah, it's up, but it was driven by what? The five stocks, the Apple, which is up substantially. The, um, you know, Amazon obviously has been just hanging out. Microsoft is ripped higher. So I think it's been a tale of two markets this year. We always talk about, though, uh, sideways action being being uh, a good time to buy, right? So that's the other side of the coin down. It says, oh, okay, okay, all right, I'll buy now. I'll buy now. I'll buy the IWM now. It's not like I did. I, I did. I, I, I'm not chasing all time highs over here. So I'm, I, I, this, is, this is kosher. I did. I bought the IWN two days ago. I said it on the show. Yeah. I bought the IWN two days ago. Um, I'm not even sure if I'm up in it because it really got hit the next day. I think I bought around like 215 or 216. And then, yeah, obviously yesterday went down to 211. But I did. I did nibble into some small caps in the long-term portfolio because, you know what, you're right. I think 
I think you're coming in and buying Apple now. I think you're doing it backwards. I do think there is some opportunities. And I'm not saying I'm coming in and buying ARK because I still think there's a lot of her stocks that are just, you know, ridiculously overpriced still. But I do think, you know, IWM, I, I think I, I long term, I want some more diversification. Like I was saying, I'm heavily mega cap and they really had a good year. I'm moving some of that money out of maybe mega cap a little bit and into some of the smaller stuff, just because there may be a catch-up trade eventually. I Actually, I saw this chart like just this morning, and, and I want to bring it up. And it's relevant now because it's the end of the year, yep. and this is the time where people are looking at, okay, what was the best performers, and what was the worst performers this year? Like, And everyone's doing that. We're doing it. The fund managers are doing it. Everyone's doing that, sure. right? You can call it window dressing, whatever you want to call it. People chase past performance. So last year, what were they chasing? Well, they were chasing ARC. They were chasing Kathy Wood. How do we know this? Look at this chart. This chart shows the the the, the inflows into uh, ARK. And, I think it's, it's we're looking at ARKK. Yeah, we're looking at ARKK no. here. This is inflows into ARKK. Okay, look at those inflows last year. And actually, there's another chart here that breaks it down by month. This is 2020 inflows into ARKK by month. Look at December. Look at look at December of last year. Look at how much money. Flew into ARKK a yeah. year ago, right? Yeah. It, it yeah. looks like it looks like uh about three trillion uh not trillion three billion I almost said trillion three billion dollars there, yeah, right of inflows into yeah. ARKK in a month, yeah, right. Now, if you were somebody that bought Ark in last January, January of twenty, or basically in the first half of last year, if you bought Ark, you're doing murdered in it. No, 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 no. You're doing first okay. half of last year. Oh, last in 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 If you bought yeah, yeah. an ARC in the first half of last yeah, year. Yeah, because Tesla. You're, okay, whatever. 100% because of Tesla. You're, you're doing okay. But if you bought it in December of last year, you're screwed, right? So let this be a lesson, right? Don't just chase the, 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 the hottest performer of this year. Well, I don't know what that is off the top of my head, but whatever it is, don't chase it. That's what people do, though. You're, it's such a great point you're making. That is what the natural human tendency wants to do. Oh, this is hot. This is what I want to get into. You know, like the and, and it is. It's that natural human tendency that whatever is up 100. percent Well, I want to be in that. It's going to go up 200. percent And that's typically not what happens. So, what was the? What are the flows look? Do we know what the flows look like this year? Or that numbers aren't out yet. Uh, yeah. 2021 yeah. flows. Well, you know, they're not up for the whole year, obviously, because year. Well, I would think there's money coming out of our. I would think there'd be net outflows into that fund. Um, with check the performance. it out. Check it out. Uh, this is. Um, oh, you know, you know what this number is on this chart. So this is actually net flows as a percentage of cumulative flows. So yes, there actually are net outflows this year. There's net uh, outflows. People are getting out because <laughs> they're like, oh, so she's not doing good. So it's same thing. I mean, does she turn it around? Maybe. Maybe. I, I just. I when I when you just open up that hood and you look what's in it, you're like, holy crap! It's a lot of high PE stuff. Never, yeah, never even crazy valuations and stuff, man. <laughs> I just never even like considered putting like a dime in in any of in any of her funds or any of the things that she she's. Well, done. because we went through nineteen ninety nine and two thousand, Joel. If you had never went through two thousand, though, like you never actually went through that, you probably would have a different perspective. You'd be like, oh yeah, you know, I'm not scared of P. It's story, you know, P doesn't matter anymore. But we went through this. In 1999 and 2000, like, and we, like, it was the same thing, like the CFA Institute, which, you know, obviously I'm very involved with now, but I can remember in 2000, they put a, a part of the curriculum, they put a chapter, 
how to value companies that don't make money. They had an entire chapter devoted to that, 30 pages or 40 pages in the curriculum. Two years later in 2002, they pulled that <laughs> chapter right out of the curriculum. And I remember it was Schwazer, um, who uh, Carl, I think it was Carl Schwazer, who knew a lot. And I took his courses to do the CFA Institute. Awesome. And uh, he was up there and he's like, do you know why they pulled this from the curriculum? Because this is how you value companies that have zero, that don't make money. And he put a big zero on the blackboard, <laughs> just like that. And that was 2002. And that was the truth. You weren't making money. 90% of these companies went to zero. So we went through that. So I would never buy a company with a PE of 70 or 80 or 100 ever again. And I've missed out on some great opportunities. Because yep, same here. We have. You know, we went the whole value Warren Buffett approach to our portfolios because we went through it. And we didn't go through it once, Joel. We went through it Two twice. Time, yeah, yeah. The financial yep. crisis was way worse in some cases. Like the SPY pulled back 68%, you know, I believe it was or 60%, you know, from 1500 down to 666, the bottom of it. So we kind of went through it twice. Now it's been 12 years and there hasn't been a significant pullback like that, but it changes your, it changes your perspective. Like I remember I put um, you know money into this growth fund back in this thing. We're going to story time, but it's good to learn from this stuff. And, and, and we started up right in 1999. So I was making some money 2000, like, and I had made a little bit of money. I remember I bought a, a long-term, I was still doing some long-term mutual funds or whatever. And I bought this one growthy fund. And I remember I put like, I don't know, like, a five thousand bucks into it or something. Do you know what that went down to after nineteen ninety nine? It was a fund. It was a growth fund, just like Kathy ARKK. That five thousand dollars went down to three hundred bucks. Three hundred. You know what? You know like, what? How does a mutual fund that owns a whole bunch of different stocks go from five thousand to three hundred bucks in a year? You know what I did? I uh, it was um. This is like March of like 2000. There was like this Goldman Sachs tollkeeper fund and it was all these internet stocks and I put I put 25 grand in it, okay? Yeah. And it went down to like 5 grand. Yeah, 80%. And and, and I I think I I think I sold half of it. You know, and uh and I, and my buddy I do something. He goes, "Just hold hold on. Just see what happens." Okay? <laughs> And that thing, if I would have kept, I mean, it had some good stocks in there. If I would have kept that thing, that I ended up making money on back. the long-term investment because it came all the came way back. back. And then I think they redeemed it. I don't even think it's a, it's around anymore. And I'm like, that's one time like they got me to the top of the tree and they were shaking me and I yeah. I, I fell out of the tree on that one. And then, uh, and then I just kept on watching that the you know the rest of the position and you know over they the must next... have had some Amazon in there. Yeah, it, it was, and it was like I bought yeah. the top. I remember like putting the money in and looking at the first statement. It was like at twenty one, and I'm like, whoa, 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 you know. And then yeah. it just kept on going. But you know what? It, there's there's long term investing, there's short term investing, there's scalping. You know, this is a difficult market um, right now until we're. Uh, otherwise notified, you know, I call them pumping Powell and I've called them pessimistic Powell, but right now I'll just call them perfect Powell. You know, He's I talked about, yeah, that, that oh, right now. Somebody tweeted that pumping Powell picture at me that, you remember they made the NFT over those, this one guy. And I yeah, retweeted last funny. night, but pumping Powell is back and he started to handle, I'm back. And I'm like, he is back. Oh, oh he always, uh, he always like, uh, my neighbors are getting uh, mad at me because my printer's too loud. 
you know, he always uh, tweets at me. But uh, do we have our man Blue? Is Blue on yet? We do. It's pumping okay. Uh Mea culpa, real, real fast, just a quick correction. Uh, ARKK has about 4.7 uh, billion of inf- inflows this year. I stand corrected. So it still had inflows this no year. No inflows. All right. Let's, let's talk about what the Fed said. Buy the dip, man. Buy the dip on Kathy. Blue Putnam is the uh, chief economist at the CD Group. He's joining us now in pre-market prep. Blue, good morning, sir. How are we doing today? Oh, we're doing well. Thank you. Uh, I, I guess before we even get to like what the Fed said, um, how fun for you are days like yesterday? <laughs> well, I do like days like yesterday. Uh, and at least for yesterday, for me, Powell read my script, so I was in good shape. But, you know, sometimes he doesn't, you know. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So um, what is your uh, impression, your reaction uh, to, to what was said? Well, I, I took the uh, Fed statement a little differently than the market. I, I really felt that, particularly in the press conference, that Jay Powell was saying, you know, we're going to end this uh, – asset purchase program sooner. And everybody, he told everybody that, of course, before the meeting. But then he was talking about uh, the criteria for raising rates. And it seemed like to me, we're pretty close to his criteria. Um, so, you know, I felt it was a more hawkish uh, uh, statement than the uh, the markets felt. Hmm. So would you be a seller of this rally then? Yeah, because yeah. obviously we just had a 150-point ripper in the S&Ps. I mean, is this a great opportunity to then ring the register and some stuff? Because maybe you're a little irrational exuberance off of Powell? Oh, I don't know about that. I, you know, I'm, I'm not quite in the business of doing that. But, the, uh, you know, it, it did seem to me, particularly watching the bond market, I mean, we're still in the 10-year below 150. I think we're at 146 it just seems awfully low given a, a six, seven percent inflation rate. And, you know, the Fed's telling the market that it's going to be withdrawing all of the uh, support that it gave it that got us here. So I think we're, you know, we're in a period where uh, 2022 is going to be quite volatile. Um, Blue, I'd be curious because uh, my interpretation uh, of, of a lot of what Powell said yesterday was uh, obviously a lot of focus on inflation uh, not as much emphasis on the 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 other mandate, the full employment mandate, right? What do you make of that? Well, you know, the labor market's in pretty good shape. We haven't recovered all the jobs from the pandemic, but the unemployment rate is just a little bit above four percent. The uh, job openings, eleven million job openings. I mean, that's a record high. And, you know, and then you got all these voluntary job quits, which is also at records highs. Uh, and so, you know, you look at those data and he's got to say, well, you know, we haven't hit our criteria yet, but it looks pretty good and we're on the path. And then you look at the inflation. What's their target? Two percent. And where's inflation? Well, core is above four and the real inflation rate that, you know, the general one is almost seven percent. So, yeah, he's got to talk about inflation because that's his problem. Yeah. We're on the line with Blue Putnam of uh, Chief Economist at the CME Group. Uh, Blue, let's just start. Let's go back. And I know it's hard to say, but what if there wasn't a pandemic, right? And they didn't have to do that, all that, that extra stimulus. Wouldn't we 
or also be at a point where we'd be in a little bit of a, a tightening cycle as well. I mean, maybe the pandemic is interrupted things and accelerated, but you know, don't you think the way the, the way that the cycles go, that we might've been in, in due for some tightening anyways. I don't know if I want to use the word tightening, but I do agree with you that if there had not been a pandemic, we probably would have seen the commencing the start of the with, but we wouldn't have seen the QE, the asset purchasers. I mean, the pandemic caused, you know, that the Fed bought $3 trillion worth of stuff in uh, March, April, May, June of 2020. That would not have happened. So we wouldn't have gotten that those asset purchases. Now, to me, those asset purchases are all about providing support to bonds and equities, and they don't do anything for the economy. I mean, when the Fed buys $40 trillion of treasuries, I don't know about you, but I don't go out and buy, I don't have another restaurant meal. I don't go buy something from Home Depot. Uh, and I don't think anybody does, uh, you know, so they, they don't affect the real economy, but they do affect the, the, the asset market. So we would have been in a very different place. But we also wouldn't have the inflation we have today. I mean, an awful lot of the inflation is coming from a the pandemic. Now, it's not all supply side because the pandemic created some demand side too. I mean, we had these fiscal bills that gave, you know, trillions of dollars to people and they spent it. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, and, and we had this relative shift in the pandemic from spending on services to spending more than we usually would on goods. And so it's goods demand uh, that has driven, that has exacerbated the supply side constraints. So we wouldn't have the inflation we have today if we hadn't had the pandemic either. So there wouldn't be the urgency to to commence raising rates. We might have started it, but really slow and probably by the end of the year or something. And, uh, you, know, I, you know, got chastised yesterday for, you know, mentioning a soft landing. I mean, that you know, maybe that scenario is on the table as well. Maybe uh, policy's trying to bide a little time here and, you know, let the, the supply chain issues work out within the next year or so. I mean, it hasn't happened that much in the past, but, you know, with the, you know, with the diversified economy i mean why not why 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 you know why does it have to be all doom and gloom that oh they're not fighting inflation enough we're going to run away inflation and you know the economy's going to crumble or you know the you know everything why does everything have to be negative why can't we have the concept of a, a soft landing well i think we do have the concept and i don't even think it's a soft landing we we're just going to keep cruising uh <laughs> i mean the uh, you know the the, the tools that the Fed has aren't going to do anything to clear the port of Los Angeles or Long Beach. They're not going to create one more computer chip any faster. The, the Fed does not have the set of tools to deal with these sector by sector supply demand issues. And so the Fed's, you know, going to take its time. It's going to make sure that it glide paths into uh, you know, curtailing the asset purchases. And and then, you know, they're going to wake up around the end of March and say, okay, the asset purchases are done. By the way, that March FOMC meeting is going to be really important because that's the first one that they'll be kind of free and clear to talk about raising rates. Um, so that'll be pretty fascinating. But, you know, even raising rates might help the economy. I don't know. If you're a pensioner, if you're a retiree, if you're a fixed income person, if you depend on any kind of return for cash, 
getting a little bit out of that might actually help you. And then, of course, it helps your kids because they don't have to support you. So, you know, it's it's uh, it may very well uh, be a positive for the economy. I mean, I really believe that zero rates probably hurt more than they help. Um, all right. So all lower bound to rates that after that, you don't get anything. And I'm pretty sure it's above zero. All in all, Blue, you seem like you're in a relatively good mood. You seem like you're, <laughs> you, you know, you're pretty content with the direction things are heading. Uh, is that a fair assessment? Is, is there anything that, that that concerns you right now? Well, I don't know about you, but I wake up in the morning and instead of checking the markets, I look at, you know, the hospitalization rates from Omicron. Uh, you know, I mean, the Fed correctly said the virus is still pretty much in charge. I mean, we, we we think this virus is way more contagious, but way less severe in terms of its health effects. But you know, if if you're four times more contagious and you're a, and you're a quarter less severe, you're still going to have a problem. Sorry, that was me. Apologies. So yeah, I, I'm worried about uh, the virus as much as any anybody or anything. You know. Yeah, you know what? That's a really good point, right? I mean, we 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 were talking about this. I was talking about this with with, with a, a you know a guy on our news desk this morning. Is we've talked about or we have not talked about really the the Omicron variant uh, a lot because the market hasn't seemed to really care outside of that initial drop where you know the, the day after Thanksgiving. Um, but you know, and, and I've generally been on in the camp like we're probably not going to go into another lockdown. That being said, though, you know, I, I looked at cases today for the first time in, in, in honestly quite some time. And like cases are, are nowhere near where they were a year ago at this time. That being said, if we if we do get to a point where e- even if it's less deadly, right, if we do get to a point where it's like 250,000 new cases a day, 300,000 new cases a day in the U.S., that'd be an all time high. Um, I feel like. It, it maybe is more of a, a lockdown is maybe more of a possibility. I'm, I certainly hope we don't, we don't get there, obviously. But like I've been in the in the in the camp of we're not seeing another lockdown for the basically since we came out of the first one. Um, but like you have to consider at a certain point, if everyone gets this thing, even if they're not dying, even if they're not going to the hospital. Right. If everyone's getting this thing it, at a certain point. Maybe we do go into another lockdown. Other countries are doing it, right? So I don't know. No, no, and not not that many countries are. I mean, you know, what you're seeing in Europe is that they're 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 biting the political bullet and going for vaccine mandates, and they're they are putting uh you know more restraints on people that don't get vaccinated. That's not going to happen in the U.S. We're just politically in a different place. But you know, you're looking at cases, and I really don't. I think cases are not where to look anymore. You want to see how stressed is the system. And the system is stressed when the hospitals are full. You know, if, if people get the Omicron and they don't have to go to the hospital and, and the symptoms are pretty mild, that's the flu. And we don't have any problem with dealing sure. with that. You know, so we're, you know, I don't think there's any uh, political scenario okay. that takes us back to lockdown in the U.S. Okay, that's fair. I, I just, you know, today was the first time I looked at new cases in, in a while, and I thought, I know. Okay, well, if we get I'm to do, gears too. if we get to do all time highs, who can say? But you're right. If, if it is the flu, I guess we do deal with that, at, at, you know, every year. So, uh, okay. Uh, Blue Putnam, managing director uh, and chief economist of the CME Group, joining us here on uh, on pre market. Hey, Spencer, can we can we name this segment? 
Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, because uh, I'm sure your parents were huge Michigan fans, right? So we're gonna call it, <laughs> we're gonna call it the Go Blue Putnam segment. Go Blue. I'll wear my Go Blue hat next time. All right, Blue. We have relatives in Michigan, so uh, that that works. Blue, happy New Year, happy holidays. We'll, we'll talk to you again uh, in, in the New Year. Thank you. All right. Dennis, uh, what are you doing? Dennis, are you, do you have something uh, on the sell button on your keyboard there, buddy? What are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? Actually, what are you doing? We're, we're fading. Selling balances? What's no, going on out just, there? Just so irrational exuberance. I, know. I mean, we were buying them up, and then we we're going to buy them up another 40 handles, so it's cooling off a bit. Do I think there's going to be buyers on the pullbacks eventually? Ugh. Probably. I don't know. You got to sell rips and buy dips, man. That's all you can do. Uh, th- this is a tricky one. I mean, the, the, you should should have the the account where just the first time you sit down, you look at the like first time you crank up in the computer. Forget about looking at the quotes overnight. First time you look at the computer, you just go, "Wow!" Boom! Just hit the button. I think that's the best way because the more this thing, you know, I mean, this is a pretty steep sell off here. We're almost back on mid range on the session. Everyone rigging the register here, you know. Naturally, I'd be thinking, "Yeah, you, man, mid range." Apple's ticket just ticked red. Apple's I know, red. I know. Microsoft are waking up red. and saying, "I'm rigging the register here," but uh, still up twenty and a quarter handles here at uh, forty-seven twenty-one. Even, we even ARKK is giving back half of its gains from this morning. So, yeah, I mean, we're in this market where. You can't chase. Don't chase. Just don't yeah, do it. No, that would. Okay, I, what do you got? I, working, I just have. I have one more thought on the Fed, and then we can move on. Uh, because I I didn't get to watch the whole thing yesterday, so I was going through the transcript last night, and uh, and this this caught my eye. Uh, this this thing. It was it was towards the end, and I'll read it to you. I'll bring it up on the screen here. Um, and I think I think Jerome Powell is spot on. Uh, with 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 what he said here. So, um, you know, we're coming out of what we certainly hope will be a once in a lifetime, certainly historic, the first really global modern pandemic, which looked at the beginning like it might cause a global depression. And so we threw a lot of support at it. And what's coming out now is really strong growth, really strong demand, high incomes, all that kind of thing. People will judge in 25 years whether we overdid it or not. But the reality, we we are where we are, and we think our policy is the right one for the situation we're in. So, like, they thought this was going to cause a depression. They threw the book at this thing, and that, I mean, consider the alternative, right? What if they hadn't done that? You know what I mean? So yeah, inflation sucks. This is this is not ideal, but like, the alternative is just so much worse. So we'll we'll be able to judge in in a few years, a decade, whether or not the Fed overdid it or not. But um, I, it's it's important I think to have that perspective, right? Like the alternative uh, to not doing all the asset purchases that that the fed did last year is uh way 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 worse so i just want to throw that out there because i thought that was a, a good comment that's an interesting statement um okay um dennis have you been trading the amd xilinx story at all uh you know i was doing risk arm on that for a bit and then they were just blew out there that once like three four yeah. months ago and then i've been yeah. laying off of it <laughs> all right, well why don't you still there why don't you pull up the uh, the, the chart of xilinx here so th- sure. th- this deal was announced like over a year ago, right? Yeah. And, and so yeah. I'll give you the price. And the, actually, I'll give you the exchange ratio. So uh, AMD uh, w- was set to buy Xilinx at a fixed exchange ratio, uh, 1.7234 shares of AMD for every share of Xilinx that you owned. Based on that price, you should have Xilinx trading in the 250s. 
somewhere around, I think it was like 251 would be the takeout price. No, that's not right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yes, what, yes it is right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. 251. It's at 218. It's been trading way under for a long time because yeah. they think the deal might not go through. Right. It, it's it's been waiting for it's over uh overseas. So right. Is it China? Is it yeah. China this yes. time? Yes, the, yes. Yeah. But but my point is, and someone else brought this up on the chat, is is that spread is is only getting bigger. It's not getting smaller. It's getting it's getting wider. Well think about where yeah, but you're waiting on China though. I mean, we have been at war with China here on so many different fronts. So you're sitting here and waiting for them to approve this deal. It's like you couldn't be waiting for somebody worse. I mean, you know, they're, 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 you know, think about what they're doing to their own companies. I mean, and now you're going to sit there and rely on them to approve this deal. Uh, it, it, there's no, there's no wonder risk arbs are concerned that the deal might not go through. Yeah. And obviously, the companies have said they believe it's going to go through. They've had commentary, obviously, saying it's going to go through. But you know, nothing is through until it's through. So we don't know. So basically, if it goes through, Xilinx is going to two fifty. Well, and remember, you have to have the spread on to do that because it's a stock deal, so it's going to move. It's not a cash deal, so it's going to continue right. to move off the AMD price. Right, but the, but that price for Xilinx would be two fifty if AMD is one forty seven. So the way the risk is play because there's people who would just buy the two, you know, thirteen or right. whatever two eighteen okay. right now. If AMD Fine. comes down, Fine. then your I'm, new takeout price I'm is going to be lower. AMD is not going to crash, okay? So, but, but, well, it doesn't but, have to crash. It just has to come down 15 bucks, right. and now you're at 218 on that. Okay. So it's a spread. I'm just trying to – it's a teaching tool. Yeah. Is risk guard when you're in stock deals, you get short one by the other. You yeah. can't just buy the one and say, oh, it's eventually going here because you've got the market risk of the other stock. You're so right. that's how they do it. But it's carrying right. costs with those too. I mean, there's short fees. I don't think AMD is too bad, but you have to consider those, tying up capital. Some carrying costs there. Hey, Dennis, we got an interesting question coming out of Wilkin Romero here with the five buck tipper. Uh, Dennis and Joel, could you explain market behavior after your after the European close? And European stocks, it starts to open up a little bit more. Uh, we saw extreme examples of this back in January with Nokia. After 11 o'clock, yep. it was closed in Europe, and Nokia all of a sudden blasted off like 50% a day. And then the next morning, it's right back down, and people are like, what happened? Well, and it was run by Europe, and they weren't going to buy Nokia up 50% overnight. So they actually rat-jacked that stock right during the period that Europe was closed. So and certain stocks, European stocks, they can get away from where they ought to be. You know, there's obviously algorithms that are kind of trying to figure it all out. It's not just like a random crapshoot. But in some cases where a retail takes over in that Nokia case, I mean, the smart money was like, sold you, sold you, sold you all the way up. And it came right back in the next morning because they weren't buying that up the next day. But what you do is you kind of release those stocks to a certain extent. Um, all the European stocks at 11 o'clock, all of a sudden you've got, you know, that's closed. So now you've got, you know, that release there where some of those stocks are freely trading, where, you know, they might be held closer by the actual HFT arbitrage if those stocks were open. And uh, I mean, not going to specific stocks here, but I just think they're, you know, they're important times, you know, in the market. And uh, obviously, you know, to me, it's that that 6, 6 p.m. open, uh, you know, getting indicators, getting setups off that. Um, there's the 4 a.m. opening of stocks where, you know, you see, you know, you see the impact of Europe. And then, of course, there's the 930 open. Uh 
what happens sometimes between 10.30 or 11 and 2.30, 2.45, I mean, that's when, you you know, you do see some, you know, Luminous. random movements, unless you have something like a Fed mm-hmm. meeting. And then, you know, the last hour, you know, the hour of power, you know, that's where, you know, the, the you know, the big money's running their numbers, figure out what they want to do, you know, at the close. So, you know, I can't speak to, you know, anything, you know, specific of that behavior if anything closes. I just kind of look at the the important, you know, the important time frames in the market and that's what they are. All right. If you have any tickers, drop them in the chat. We'll take a look. We do have, you know, we already mentioned a few earnings today. Today is kind of the last hurrah of earnings for the year because tonight we have uh, 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 FedEx. We have Rivian. Uh, that's kind of it. The steel case, but but those two, FedEx and Rivian tonight. So um, th- those are those are the big ones, and those are the last the last hurrah of earning season here. So any tickers, drop them in the chat. We will take a look for the next few minutes. I'll only do tickers that I recognize here. Oh, there's there's one. Hey, let's do Cirrus Logic. How's CRUS doing? We haven't looked at that one in a long time. I have trades off Apple, Apple supplier, Apple rips, Cirrus rips. I mean, these charts look similar. I trade all these pair trade all Skyworks, SWKS, Cirrus Logic, AVGO can get thrown in there sometimes too, although AVGO just had earnings. Um, what's the other one that I always do? And you said SWKS and oh, you those two, AVGO. SWKS, Cirrus Logic, and then there's another big one. Broadcom? Like that. That's very close. Well, Broadcom's the biggest, but there's one that's very closely related. Oh, I can't wait. believe I just drew a blank. Wait, 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 wait. We're talking, we're talking Apple suppliers. suppliers. Um, so uh, SWKS. AVGO is a big Apple supplier. Qualcomm the... is a little bit. You can throw that in the mix. But SWKS, Cirrus, these are iPhone. SWKS, Cirrus Logic. Who's the other one? But just basically, their customer is Apple. Oh, yeah. Chad, help me. I, I'm, I'm also blanking on this one. Wait, why, I, why are we blanking? I have to go look at my sh- I have it written down. I have it written down on a sheet. I have to look, uh, it's, not, it's not bad. Just this real short term technicals here. Uh, it has light. been a. It's been, what is it? Oh, yeah, light. light. I was going to say that. Okay. Oh, was, Renee. That's another one. Yeah. Renee Light's a good one. Thank you, Renee. Renee, thank you. For this series, uh, uh, I mean, uh, a little concerning that it hit its all time high in January, right? And now it's just kind of, it's been waffling, had a really big move here um, in December. I like to see it just short term, hang out at this 9150 area, 9160, and then press up and hit that 94 just over 94. The longer it just like hangs up here and doesn't get right back up to this area, maybe a little bit of a fade just because this has been a big move for it, but uh, nothing, nothing really sticking out to me on CRUS. That's been around for a long time. We will oh, yeah. do a, we'll do a couple more. I'm going to have Mitch come on here as well. And Peter talking in the Einstein of Wall Street. Nice, we'll be joining us in a couple of minutes here. Uh, so many tickers. Do you want to look at uh Micron? Boy, that, that arose out of the ashes, huh? Yeah, it did. Value Tech 2. Remember this one's value because obviously it's cyclical, but this company makes a lot of money. So you got to almost like throw everything into classifications right now because they all seem to work together. You know, you got value, old school tech, and then you've got your growth tech. And the growth tech has been hammered, 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 hammered for the better part of a month and a half. And then you have the value tech like Micron that again, bought, 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 bought. So all the money coming out of the Kathy stock, Mm -hmm. we're going into stocks like Micron. 
So can that reverse itself? It could. I mean, we've had a good run in Micron from 65 to 85 in the better part of a month and a half. So in the exact same time frame that all the nosebleed tech stocks were getting hit. So you can clearly see the rotation within tech itself. I mean, we talk about rotation. This is rotation within tech itself. That's how much rotating is going on in this market. Identify those rotations early and make money. So technically, we'll throw it to Joel. Uh, I mean, it's high on Monday. So I really didn't catch the hops with the market. Uh, Monday's high of 87.38. That's real close to last week's high at 87.04. So up 42 cents. If this move is going to continue and challenge that high over 88, I think you got to take out that, this, uh, this is called 87 and a quarter and hold that area, then work your way in the 88 handle. Uh, if not, you know, maybe roll over a little bit. Um, I don't think you're going to see it. I mean, you got a double bottom here. It kind of looks a little bit like a trading range, but for this move to continue, get over 87. Uh, boy, just another, just another batch of sellers coming in here at nine o'clock. And uh, mm-hmm. we're now losing mid range on the set. Do we got any news? Uh, ECB just uh, left rates unchanged and they kind of followed the Fed yesterday, actually. So, um, oh, wait, all not, right, wait, I'm gonna hop. I'm gonna let you guys uh go to work. I'm gonna go cover. It looks like we're gonna have a fun pre market prep. Plus, we got some action here. So, uh, yeah. Spencer, check in with you later on. Triple D, go get them. All right, Bank of England raise rates. I should have mentioned that as well. If, if you have a stock, it's down this morning. You don't know why it's probably got a downgrade. Okay, uh, DocuSign down, they caught a downgrade. Wayfair down, caught a downgrade. Um, uh, Under Armour down, they caught a downgrade. Uh, so a, a number of uh, downgrades move, moving stocks this morning as well. Um, but I do have to hop because I have to prepare. Dennis, I'll catch you later. I have to prepare for all, our last all-access show of the year. I've got another eight companies on the show today. So I have to go hop for that. Money Mitch is here. He's coming in. He's lurking. There he is. Money there Mitch. Is. Look at the hair, man. Fresh haircut. The beard, too. I like the beard, that. Right? It's always interesting when your facial hair is longer than the hair on your head. I right? don't like that look. It's tough. If guy I look, ever go man. bald, you look tough. You if I ever tough. go bald, I know what I need to do, right? Well, uh, and it's funny you mentioned your facial hair being longer than the hair on your head. Our next guest could also speak to that, probably. Peter Tuckman <laughs> is joining My us live, live from his car somewhere. Uh, Peter? <laughs> you know what? I love coming in on this conversation, guys. I'm not sure where my facial hair is longer than the hair on my head. I agree with you guys. And I, I, I love being part of this group. What's up guys. All right. Uh, How are we Peter, doing, Peter? I, I, I want to start by asking, I, I want to ask you a question, but then I have to leave, but I'm, I'm going to listen to your answer as in the background here, but I want your reaction to yesterday, the Fed, awesome. the market, tell us your reaction. I got to hop and I'm going to hear what you say. Great. Thanks for the question. What's up guys. Mitch, how's everybody doing? Uh, you know what is it's a great freaking question and the market reaction yesterday was absolutely wild and i've spent virtually every minute since then trying to figure it out asking around talking to people who i consider to be super bright and whatnot so this is kind of what i thought look my gut was that they were sort of posturing us we know that the fed meeting was going to discuss taper and possibly a timeline on the um on the raising of interest rates. Mm -hmm. We were obviously going to start getting a sense of what's going on with the labor market, with the supply chain, with the inflation story, which he buried last week, talking about it being transitory. So there were a lot of moving parts. But what the media kept sort of pumping us, and I guess they were sort of doing a little J-POW tickle, was, is this guy going to drop a complete wild card on us? 
and not only upgrade the, the, the taper in a big way because they felt like things were going well, are we going to get tossed completely around because people are fearful about Omicron and what's really going on there and the reopening story? And what was going to be the fast track on the interest rate raise? And you could tell that the market, I'm more of an analyst to see, you know, I, I don't like all this information to give me some predictory uh, 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 idea of what the market's going to do. I let the market ex- absorb the news and react to it and then post try and understand why it did what it did, because the market's way, way bigger than any of us, guys. The people flinging around big money right now, it's a big thing. And this happens to be one of the most significant weeks into the most significant year we've ever seen, because not only we have Fed yesterday, we've got a quad witch on Friday. We've got an S&P, a Russell, a, a NASDAQ rebalance on Friday. So you've got absolutely, excuse my language, a shitstorm of stuff coming up. So you've got a lot of moving parts. The market's been hesitant for about a week and a half, kind of anxious, like what's going to what's really going to happen? What's he going to drop on us? Is he going to drop a dime or is he going to drop some knowledge? What ends up happening? And, you know, it's not I I like Jay Powell and I don't think he talks out of two sides of his mouth. But the information they give in the beginning and then the news conference has got so much friggin' information, whether you're talking about, you know, we're not going to raise interest rates until we're at maximum employment. And then he goes, well, we're not really clear what maximum employment is. Well, that's kind of crazy. Well, how am I supposed to interpret that? And then we're going to raise, we're going to fast track the taper from 20 billion to 30 billion. What does that really mean? And then we're not going to raise interest rates until a little period of time once we're done with the taper. So these are, so. I mean, it's, it's information. How do we understand it? How do we digest it? I think the key takeaway to yesterday was why the market, you know, it went up about 200 points. It backed off just a little bit and then proceeded to go up 65 handles, which is unheard of move even on a Fed day. My gut is that all the anxiety about Fed Jay Powell dropping a crazy dime on like, you know what, the market, the economy is doing well enough that we're going to do a interest rate raise in, in Q1 in 2022 was off the table. The runway was greased and people who had any anxiety into the fact that something really weird was going to happen bought the living crap out of the market. I would imagine there was a bit of a short squeeze because there's always someone with a market the way this is that had a really short bias in their Mm -hmm. nature and in their profile. So I think once they realized, oh no, he's not going to put, he's not going to like triple the, uh, the the timeline on the taper and he's not going to drop a first quarter interest rate raise on us. We're good to go for the next six months or at least for the next three weeks until the end of December. So he kind of greased the runway for a little bit of peace, took the anxiety off the table, and the market just went to the moon. Perfect, Peter. You actually hit my question also, which was, um, did we get any change in market environment? You're talking about first quarter. uh, Their outlook is now, okay, we possibly aren't getting that interest rate in the first quarter. The runway is clear, at least, especially for rebalancing the end of the end of the week. Um, the next question I have for you is about market breadth, because if I've been looking at that and one thing to notice, 60 percent of stocks are actually underneath their 200 day simple moving average. Is this just kind of a, a, a bear trap or is this a bull trap? Which one do you think this is? You know what? It's funny you said that because, you know, I don't think we analyze breadth from historic data like 
you know, so let's put all these parts together. Let's look at the big picture. How, when did we see this movie before and how did the movie play out? Mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever seen this before, right? The way stocks have moved on the way up and on the way down, the breath that you describe is a new breath. It's different. We're coming out of one of the most unusual. I kind of want to look at this, this year as sort of an 18 month period of time, right? We can go back to March, 2020. We got back to even in August, we saw a double digit growth in tonight, 20, to Jan, 2021. 2021 has been one of those bizarre years where market has for the most part been trading right off its record highs all along. Yet we've seen a knockoff of the NASDAQ sector and of tech sector in a big way where stocks that you would think where the market's trading would be at their highs and they're not. We've seen these wild high flyers like the UPSDs, some of the meme stocks, some of these names that were the favorites, the favorites during pandemic have gotten eviscerated. We've seen the Chinese stocks get cut in half. We've seen the Pelotons, the DocuSigns, reaction to information and to earnings and to markets. You know, we've got a lot of stocks trading at their 52-week lows that have been the favorites over the last year. And why is that? Look, I think we need to look at where we are. We're in December 2021, coming out of a year and a half, 18-month pandemic. We're not out of it yet. Still a lot of wild cards going as far as that goes. You've got a sort of a market that's got a bit of an ADHD type of situation. You know, you see it like when crypto's in action, everyone's in the crypto space. When the meme stocks are in action, they're all into that. When we're looking at one or two stocks that that got, you know, had good earnings, but they're down 9%, we watch that. You know, when te- when when Elon Musk is selling Tesla, everyone's over there. It's kind of like that funny movie. Remember the movie Airplane, Airport or Airplane, when the plane is coming in and it has no brakes, and it, they keep telling us it's going to be uh, 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 parking at gate 9, gate 10, gate 11. It's like everyone's focus goes to where the energy is. It's very hyper-focused on that area. So I think the reaction in stocks is a little bit over-exaggerated. Let's be clear. The end of December, I talked about it a couple of weeks ago with Spencer. The end of November, a lot of hedge funds that have had a good year close out their books because they don't want to turn a winning year into a losing year. And a year like this year, December was going to be predictive as a choppy month and has lived out that prediction in every possible way. Let's think of the last nine trading days, dude, right? From the from the Friday down 900 post Thanksgiving day until yesterday, we have seen what they're calling now the kangaroo market. That is one hoppy, hoppy market. So you've got those that closed out in November probably did a good thing. Now we're coming into the end of this month. We've got all the hedge funds closing out positions. We've gotten battered around. A lot of them were not successful because if they were stock centric, a lot of the stocks that they were not nimble to get out of got hurt, right? The DocuSuns, the Pelotons, mm-hmm. the Alibabas. Some of these names got hurt. Even the Teslas and NASDAQ names. Also, some of the favorites of the year got sort of hurt. And what you're seeing is that there was, I think, there was so much profit in some of these names that when they decided to get out, let's look at the reaction to DocuSign the other day. A stock that was one of the great favorites during the pandemic was up at $270, down from uh, up from $20 or $30 where it started pre-pandemic. And then suddenly they have one bad quarter and the stock is worth going down $100. That's unheard of, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, like you know, they caught the uh, CEO, you know, uh, on an island with all the cash and the company's going under. That's not happening, right? 
So you also got coming into the end of the year, you've got people selling their tax losses and people selling their high flyers, trying to take profits to really eke out a good, uh, some kind of a positive percentage coming into the end of the year. Plus Friday, S&P, NASDAQ, Russell, rebalanced. A lot of the biotech ETFs rebalanced, right? You've got a quad witch on top of it. So you've got a, a perfect storm. You've literally got the hurricane that friggin' hit Kentucky, right? God bless everybody who got hurt there, yeah. but it's going to happen in the market over the next week. Yeah. Last question I got for you, Peter, and it actually goes to a, a kind of, I've been looking a lot on Dow theory. I've been doing my CMT. So when we look at uh, primary trends, right, we have three phases. We have the accumulation, the public participation or the big move or the excess phase. Where do you think we're closer in this primary trend? You know what? I, I like that. I don't know much about that Dow theory, but I, obviously I've heard about it. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, we need to reanalyze this market also, taking into account the new community that's been part of the investment trading community. And I don't think we can dismiss them. I don't think we poo-poo them at all. The bottom line is the Wall Street bets and the Wall Street meme community, whatever, however you want to designate them, the 40 million new plus retail traders in the market are a factor to be reckoned with. Right. And though some of them are uneducated and inexperienced in the space, I think we need to understand, are they accumulators? Are they traders? Right. Are we in the whole general investment community? People sitting around with shopping lists. The stocks have been trading all year long at such high valuations that very uh, uh, experienced traders have been hesitant to actually start accumulating names like Tesla at twelve hundred dollars. But at nine fifty, they love it. You know, some of these names that have long-term potential growth have been trading at such high valuations that these guys who are responsible, experienced traders who are running hedge funds and other people's money are waiting around. That's why I keep saying I don't think there's going to be any kind of major correction because they've not let the market tells me that down two or three percent, the buyers come in really big, right? In the old days when a market's trading at such a stretch, they usually will wait for 5% or even a 10% correction before the buyers or the bids start coming into the marketplace. I think people are so excited about any kind of a sale. It's like when you go buy Macy's and you've been waiting for that nice leather jacket that hasn't been on sale for two years and it comes on sale for 10% three weeks before Christmas and you rush into the store to buy it knowing almost in your head that, you know what, in two weeks it may be a 25% sale. People are anxious, their appetite, their passion, to get into stocks that have been highly valued for a while, they're only letting them come in a little bit before they they go in and they chomp it up like kind of like you know Pac-Man, right? There 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 is a a an appetite for IPOs for stocks, earnings or not, Federal Reserve or not. The the acceleration we saw in yesterday's reaction and my analysis is really only post price action analysis because I was down on the floor yesterday. I was in there. I had $2 billion for sale notional into the close and the market didn't even care when they got the green light that nothing crazy was going to happen. The spiders went up 65 handles, buddy. Do you realize that was an absolute, I mean, there were people who were just, if you were short that market into the release thinking the Fed was going to drop any kind of a negative dime on accelerated taper, and that was going to put a cap in the market. You are sitting out on the street corner naked, smoking a lucky strike. You are completely eviscerated. So in this case, 
I, and I and I did something just to have some fun here. Were you more like this Peter Tuckman, or were you more like this Peter Tuckman? You know what? I was more like the second one. I was really. <laughs> I, I, I there there are some faces out there where I was a little more like it yesterday. It was painful. You know, I was trying not to take a position in the day because we know historically these Fed days can be overreactions on both sides, up and down. And I was hoping uh, that I would be patient enough and that after he was done, because you have to realize you have information at two o'clock, then you have an hour and a half news conference and the market hangs on every word that Powell has to say. And sometimes he was talking about, okay, we're going to do a, uh, we're going to accelerate the taper, but we're going to look at interest rates. And then it was like, we're not going to raise them until we are done with the taper. And then he said, well, but inflation couldn't change our decision on that one. So it was like, oh my God. And then finally it was just like, this market is not coming in. You know, even if you saw the 350 post, it yep. came in just a smidge and then closed at the, at the highs. So there was just a post release reaction was clear that people felt the runway was greased and that we were any anxiety we had coming into yesterday was off the table. And that if you were sitting there with a with a bunch of buy orders and you were told to hang on until you got a clear runway, the runway was clear. And that was the reaction. That's my interpretation. Look, I may look like Einstein. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. That was me. That was my interpretation of yesterday's action. Like always, I, I think everybody can give an opinion today. We're always going to look back and try to, you know, have hindsight here. But I don't think anyone really knows exactly where the market's heading. And that's what we're in right now. Uncertainty. I, I, I agree with you. Yesterday's reaction took must have been in response, in my opinion, to a little uncertainty being taken off the table. Sounds great. I appreciate it. The legendary Peter Tuckman here joining from Wall Street Global Trading Academy. I'll you say guys one check more- it out. I'll say one more thing. If anything that the last week has taught us, that the only defense against the volatility we're seeing is technical analysis. So I beg everyone to go check out Wall Street Global Trading Academy. We'll put the odds in your favor that you'll be able to navigate this crazy market. Thank you, Peter. We'll we'll have you next time. Love you guys. See you soon, buddy. Appreciate it. There you guys have it. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. I tried to get to some good questions there. And this is someone that spends time on the floor every single day. Definitely sees the the big money out there. So you guys definitely, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Smash the thumbs up. Let's take a look at the market. See what stocks are trading out there. If you guys got a stock you guys want to take a look at, please let me know in the chat. Throw it up. I'm going to go through some of these stocks right now that I'm looking at for bullish moves today. I I know that you guys might think I'm a bear out there, but I do look at some of the stocks bullish. Uh, Let's take a look at Ford. Ford is one that I'm going to be watching today. Definitely, if we're going to have an up move, I'm looking for this resistance to hold here, kick back above this kind of this 2029. We really want to get up up here towards this 2050 today. I'm going to be looking for a breakout through that 2050 to the bell here right now we have like a five minute where it's trended up a couple times look for a pullback closer towards 2014 and then i'll look for a push back through 2050 uh, but if we get a run right at the open i'll be looking at this name too lucid yesterday fought really hard to get underneath 40 a couple times then we claimed 40 so for me today that's the level to watch on the downside as long as that doesn't break you can be bullish on on lucid so that's the level i'm going to be given and i'll be watching that all right, so a couple other stocks that I'm going to be calling out here. Uh, this is, let me take the banner off about Peter Tuckman. All right, so another one that I'm going to be watching, guys, is Blue. 
Um, we normally don't talk about this stock, but this is kind of more of my, my kind of trading stock. I do like the daily sideways action here, 774 on the downside. Of course, if it breaks that, it could come down into the shadow, but we're going to look for a push above towards 850s today, and that's BLU. We know we had blue on earlier. Who knows? Maybe blue moves today. All right, so another one that I'll give mentioned by the chat, PTPI. Uh, we're looking at this one to see if it can get back above 375 today. It did give a little push in the pre-market. So I would look at this kind of uh, this flag pattern that you have here. you got a rounding bottom also. Uh, look for the support to hold on this big candle. Um, so I'd be looking for $3 to hold on downside. Look for a push towards 350. We'll see if this one can get start moving. That's PTPI today. Tesla, let's take a look. Thousand is going to be the price level to watch today for the upside move. Pullbacks, I can see towards 950, but we want to get through the thousand today if we're going to start testing the highs and going back to the resistance. Can we get back to the resistance? I'm actually going to draw this line off here. We're looking for this support to come back into play today. 980s on pullbacks. Look for that to kind of hold and then get back up there towards 1,000. We'll see if we get it through that level. It's a very important level to get through 1,000 today on the bull side for Tesla. All right, BKNG is another one I'll start taking a look at. Um, reason why is you have some lows to go off of. So I'd go off of this 27.50 or 40s, and then you could look for a push back through 31. And with that being mentioned, Penn, uh, let's see if this one can hold the low. We want to see it really kind of hold closer towards 42 and then get back up there towards 52. Why do I like these names? Because I feel like they're going to eventually have like a playoff, NFL playoff, uh, Super Bowl kind of run, and that could get them back into favor. We'll see what happens with these gambling names. And I think you're going to see also some bigger uh, kind of funds pick this up as we get into the year because they are discounted from the highs. All right, time to catch up with the chat. If you guys got some stock, I'll run through them. We got about 10 minutes left here before the bell. I'm going to be with you guys to the bell, but you guys need to get me the like buttons up. We need 500 likes, guys. If not, I ain't going to come back to pre-market prep, guys. You guys got to support us. Hit that like button. I'm going to go through some stocks for you guys. Looks like Matt Miller threw a super sticker. So he's the first one up. AVCT. All right, so let's take a look here. American Virtual Cloud Technology. Cheaper stock. Normally wouldn't look at a stock like this, but let's go ahead and, and see what we got. So you got a big volume pop on that surge, right? Now you've been declining smaller volume. You're looking for a push back above $2. Uh, let's take a look at the hourly chart. I love hourly charts to find support and try to hold off those hourly lows. So right here, we got this 164. I really want to break down below this you kind of have this rounding bottom underneath this but i don't want it to come back towards this 124 I wanted to get it quickly quickly through two dollars and then look for pullbacks to 175 that's what i'd be looking for out the gates um, if we look at the 15 minute you have this kind of uh, pattern right now where you can draw a trend line and you want to get it through that 175 up there to two really holding 175 on those pullbacks to show you that continued momentum no live trading so this is what we're going to do for live trading, guys. I'm actually going to be trading in the chat in all access. So we got some companies coming up next. They're going to be doing some presentations. But that doesn't mean we stop here at Benzinga. I'm going to keep trading with you guys out there, but you guys can just jump in the chat. Let me know what positions you guys are seeing. I'll do the same. I'll give you risk and what I'm going off of. If I see any major sectors or hot sectors moving. And then also at 1020, 
um, yeah, 1020, I'm going to be joining also All Access to do a review. What's moving in the market? What was hot today? Um, what industries can we look at? And what maybe potential opportunities do we have going into the close? So stick around, guys. Smash that thumbs up. We're going to keep going through some stocks. All right, so QCOM being mentioned in the chat here. Of course, tech is going to be on watch. Um, with this rip up, that's the area that I'm looking to see if we get strong. Um, if we look at QCOM, nice little push through 186 yesterday. That's what I'd be looking for pullbacks now. But this one looks like it's trying to take out 200. Um, if you take a look at some of the other strong semiconductor stocks, and look at like NVIDIA, um, that's one that I'd be watching to try to tack a high. Um, I'd be looking to, for it to take out 323s today on a breakout. AMD is another one that's been retracing, had a nice push yesterday. Um, if you actually look, this one's been holding the FIB retracement to 50%, beautiful 50% retracement. We recovered that. We're going to look for maybe a pullback towards 141, but I do think this eventually gets through 160 and could eventually get back up there through the highs. We'll see what happens on AMD. Definitely looking bullish today for me. What's going on out there? Uh, are you going to reshort the names from the other day, Beyond Meat, MasterCard? Well, today is going to be one of those days where I watch the spy a lot, right? Because a lot of times what I like to do is I like to trade in the direction of the overall market. I'm not trying to trade against the market all the time. So let me put this full screen so you guys can see me a little bit better. Can't see the chart? I got you. Let me go back there. I didn't see I was in full screen. So uh, QCOM, really all about... Oh, well, it'd be nice if you put the chart up, Mitch. That'd be good. Too many things going on, but I got you guys. Back to QCOM. So 186, we got above this resistance right here. This was from November 18. Look for that high to hold or at least to close, which is 186.32. So looking for that 186 on pullbacks and looking for an extension through the 190s up there towards 200. One thing that is helping is I need to put my MFI back, but we'll see if this ADX starts getting in the trend. RSI is pointing towards the upside. One thing you want to see, though, is that with this breakout today, do we get a nice little volume pop to pop above here? I would say towards about 20 million um, in QCOM. We'll see if we get that lift. Okay, so also AMD is one that I'm calling out that I like. 50% retracement. We're going to see if it pulls back to 140 today. But if it gets to 150, it also is going to be interesting. I know that some people are watching this. Nice 50 SMA right there underneath it around that 130. It's looking good there. We'll see what happens in AMD. All right, guys, let's keep going. What other ones are to play? Watch Spy, but use the SQQ for options to play it. Not a bad look, beat. Can't blame you on that. Uh, Merck being mentioned in the chat. That's an interesting one. Uh, Healthcare did have a good day yesterday, so just be careful with these. But we'll see if we can get back above this kind of 75 into the 80s. I'd also watch AZN, Astorenica, because these two are probably going to trade very similar. Uh, they've been out of favor, so you look for these to get strong. But if they do get strong, you can look at some of these names. Uh, strong names in that industry yesterday were, I'll tell you right now. Uh, so there were BMY. J&J, uh, LLY, uh, so look for this continued move. You might get a, a day two move in LLY. Um, and then I'll also be looking at some financial services, right? Uh, Goldman Sachs is one I've been giving 
to a push towards 400. I actually like this one for a swing trade. There's not many times I'm looking at swing trades right now, but I do like this look for it to come back through 400, getting up there towards 420, and that's Goldman Sachs. So you could also look maybe at Bank of America today. Look for that to have continued strength. I'll look for a nice push. It had this bearish chart that you just broke through. So look for pullbacks to 4430s to hold and a push back up there towards 46 today in Bank of America. All right, what's going on out there? My dad is still waiting to start buying. I can't blame him. Um, you know, this is one of these things that at least for longer term, it, you can get caught right now. Um, so just be careful out there. That's what we want to definitely do. We want to be careful. We got about three minutes left. Looks like someone's watching CBS. Not a bad one to take a look. Toronto, I hope you see the screen. Um, let's keep going. Uh, Beyond Meat being mentioned in the chat. That one's an interesting one. Let's take a look at the chart, see if it's still coming down. I do think this one can eventually come to 50. That's what that's the price low I've been giving uh, for a while since this breakdown of the earnings. I think it's going to come back closer towards these lows here and try down towards the low, which is 50. And if it tries 50, I mean, that, that's something definitely to keep on watch. Uh, you could get a spike up towards 75 today. I kind of see this trend line trying to come into play. So if I draw the highs here, you could get a move up here. That doesn't mean that it's definitely bullish. It needs to get above this trend line for me to kind of consider this bullish. It's still in a bearish trend in between this block. You could get a push up and then a sink down. So I'm watching that above, let's say, 76 or 77. Then I get a little bullish on the reversal. All right, what's going on out there? Looks like someone's talking about Visa. I might not be the best one to call that one because I haven't traded well, but let's take a look at MasterCard. If you look, I was looking for this to come right back on down through 340s. We're actually pushing through 350s today. Look for PayPal to find some sympathy today. Look for Square to find some sympathy today. Um, if we're going to get a bullish move in the overall market, I'll be looking for these maybe even on the bullish side today. And this is what's important about being a day trader. You must be flexible. Flexible is a very important. Be able to take both sides as a trader is definitely very important. All right, let's go ahead. Maybe do one more stock here from the chat. Um, let's look at. Da, 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 da. There's a lot of stocks flowing through here. Costco, Lucid. Um, I did talk about Lucid. Just look for the 40s to hold there. Uh, let's take a look at something like Plug Power. All right, so these are ones that you could see some sympathy come back into play. Of course, EV, kind of that cycle um, and that push that we saw kind of went away. So look for those to kind of lead us back. Charge point is another one that I'd give off of this 1916. Look for a strong push through 21 today. So those are some you can keep on watch. Also, FSIL. I mean, at the end of the day, if we're going to have all this big EV move, we need to look to see if some of these energy plays are going to come back. So look for this to maybe get strong through eight today. If you're looking at FSL, it needs to hold six on pullbacks. It did hold that right now. So we'll see if it can kind of push back on up through seven today. Maybe hold 650s on the pullback. All right, guys, that's going to be do it for me. It's about 930 up next. You guys got all access. Come learn from companies and definitely Come trade with me in the chat. I'll definitely be in the chat looking at some trades, getting into the bell. The bell's about to hit. I need to get trading. So I'll see you guys on all access. Smash that like up, and we'll see you next time on Pre-Market Prep. Hope you guys enjoyed the show today, and definitely leave a comment.
What do you want to see more or less of on pre-market prep? We'll make it happen for you. We'll see you next time. Keep it going, guys. Good luck out there in the market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market, consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now, and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today.